Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. So here we are. It is 2024, which (laughs) just, I think, both with the place that I'm at in life as well as the events of 2020, 2021, my brain's still trying to catch up. As I was thinking about the year ahead, I noticed I was writing 2023 and my brain was thinking, okay, here's what I want to do for 2023. And then a moment later, it would be like, oh yeah, we're we're done with 2023. We are now going into 2024. So here it is, a brand new year. I don't know about you, but I think it's fun to step into a new year. There's always just this energy of newness. You know, not only are we stepping into a new year, we're kind of closing out from the craziness and everything that comes with the holidays. And we're kind of getting back into our normal routines. And with it just feels like such a great time to refocus, refocus on the routines that we're either used to or routines that we're working to implement. It's a great time for reflection and thinking about, okay, what am I looking to do in this next year? What do I want to accomplish? Now that the holidays are behind us, where do I want to put more of my focus? Where do I want to spend more of my time? Is there anything I want to work on or work on changing or implementing into my life? I think it's just such a great time for all of that and it can be so fun. And with that comes a lot of talk around New Year's resolutions, setting goals, spending time in reflection. And I totally understand for anyone who is like, no, I'm so over all of that. And I totally get for some people, we're pushed so much from pressures of society to do everything, be so productive, be the perfect human. And... I really think, one, we can all be a little more intentional with the content we're consuming, as well as, but also there's our own interpretation of it, right? We don't have to let certain things affect us in certain ways. Essentially, we get to choose how it affects us. But that being said, I totally understand for anyone who's just like, I'm just going to keep doing me. I'm not going to spend this time trying to set any goals or, you know, plan to change anything or work on anything because we don't need to, right? We don't need to be perfectionist in any way. We don't need to always be improving or striving for more. We can also just live and be human. But for me personally, I really value living intentionally and I also know that there is growth I want to make within myself, both for my own life experience to make it more enjoyable for myself, as well as to help have a greater impact on those around me. There are things I want to achieve and I value feeling a certain way. I value life being as easy as possible as well as as enjoyable as possible. And so for me, when thinking about things I'm working on or wanting to change, it all comes out of those. You know, people ask if I make New Year's resolutions and not really in the sense of like in 2024, I'm no longer going to blank, which just as a sidebar, making goals out of what you 
don't want yourself to do anymore is not the best way to approach it. Instead, you can reframe things more going towards what you want. So instead of, I'm no longer going to leave my house a mess, it can be, I'm working on keeping a tidier space or being someone who organizes the kitchen each night. Or I'm working on being someone who cleans up the kitchen each night. That's just a little sidebar. But going back to New Year's resolutions, for me, it's more about reflecting on knowing what I value, knowing how I want to feel both physically, mentally, and just in life in general, and having an idea of how I want my life to look. And then based on those, I choose goals or things I'm just focusing on that are going to help align me with those things, help me bring or keep those things in my life. And you know, dreaming, goal setting, planning, or getting inspired to make changes can be so fun and feel so exciting in the moment when we're doing it, that part of it. And you know, we're New Year's resolutions or goal setting or striving for some kind of change partially gets a bad rep. There are other things that give that a bad rep, but partially is from people trying and then not seeing their desired outcome when they have tried in the past. You know, people will say this year I'm going to, or regardless of the timing, maybe you set a goal or decide that you're going to start doing X, Y, or Z. And then you don't follow through with it. You know, maybe we find ourselves falling back into old habits and routines, not really making a change, making decisions that don't align with our goals, or maybe we get so wrapped up in life that we kind of forget about what we said we were going to start doing differently. And that can be really discouraging. We can beat ourselves up about it, or it can lead us to believe that doing this, you know, deciding, oh, I'm going to work on doing blank. I'm going to change blank. I'm going to start exercising and eating healthy, you know, fill in the blank. If we've said that or made that a goal and then didn't follow through with it, it can be easy to believe that either we can't change, we can't do it. It's just not who we are or that process doesn't work. Totally understandable. That's a logical thing to think, but usually we just don't have the tools. We don't have the support or the tools or the knowledge that's going to help get us there. And this is a personal take, but I truly believe that better understanding how our brains work helps us have more compassion for ourselves and allows us to cultivate the tools that will help us stick with the changes that we're looking to make. It helps us understand how to work with ourselves instead of feeling like we're fighting some kind of uphill battle against ourselves. It's something we're forcing and pushing ourselves to do, and it's all discipline, right? And it can lead to a lot of anger with ourselves, being frustrated with ourselves, which is just a natural human emotion. There's no way to avoid doing that. We're feeling that way rather, but by better understanding how our brains work, we have a better understanding of 
why we're doing what we're doing, which can help bring more awareness, bring a new perspective, help us have more compassion and grace for ourselves, which actually is important for changing our behaviors, and better understanding our brains also allows us to better understand how we can approach changing, how we can better approach our goals to actually see the changes we want to see or get the outcome that we want. And there is so much that could be said about how our brains work and what can be really useful to know. And while I can't even begin to cover all that in a podcast, there are a few things that I want you to know. One, our brains want to conserve energy. So your brain is naturally going to aim to do what it's most used to doing. If you tend to grab a snack every day as soon as you get home, if you tend to grab a soda every time you walk into your office's break room, if you tend to grab a snack every time you go into your office's break room, that will be your brain's natural inclination when you go into your office's break room until you start to rewrite that pattern. So even though consciously you may be saying, I'm choosing to eat healthier, I'm no longer going to snack or I'm no longer going to eat these types of snacks, you may find yourself naturally gravitating towards still grabbing that snack when you go into the break room because that's what your brain is used to doing. What we often aren't aware of is that it really takes a decent amount of intention and awareness to do things differently than we're used to. So finding ways to keep the actions that you're looking to get yourself to do to stay top of mind, to be at the forefront of your mind is super helpful. And this is also where having one to two main focuses is much more helpful than either a very general, let's say, I'm getting healthy or even more so than that, deciding you're just going to overhaul your life. I love the ambition. I love the idea there, but you also want to make sure you actually get there. You make those changes. So find one to two specific focuses and find ways to keep those top of mind. An example of picking one focus could be deciding to make sure you have a vegetable every single night with dinner, or it could be bringing your own snack to work and your main focus is on making sure you have that snack and having an approach to help break or replace the pattern of grabbing the snack from the break room. And for keeping things top of mind, things I've seen work really well, both for me and my clients, include having a reminder on your phone. Eventually, those reminders are going to be something that your brain just gets used to seeing and it's not going to have the same effect. But for a few days, for a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months, it can help you remember, oh yes, this is what I'm focusing on and help bring it back to top of mind. Maybe you have affirmations or mantras that you write out every morning or say to yourself throughout the day. Maybe you have sticky notes placed either around your house or somewhere where when you are going to go do a specific thing, there's a sticky note reminding you what you're aiming to do instead. Some people see a lot of success with habit trackers Having some form of accountability is helpful and having dedicated reflection time is really helpful as well, which is part of why coaching can be so powerful 
because most coaches have some form of check-in form that you're having to fill out, which is requiring you to reflect, which keeps that thing, keeps whatever you're working on top of mind. And then you're also most likely talking with your coach about it, which is reflection in and of itself as well. Number two is knowing that you're not always going to want to do the thing, even if it is something that you are choosing to make your goal. Even if it's something that you feel like right now when you're creating that goal, you feel like you really want the outcome and you're telling yourself, I really want this for myself, so I'm just going to do it. So I'm just going to do it. No matter how bad you want it, how bad you want the outcome, there are going to be times where you're not going to feel like doing it. And there could be many reasons for this being the case. It could be partially due to the discomfort of change. We may not initially be aware this, that that's why we don't feel like doing it, but our brains love comfort, predictability, and what's already known. So making a decision that's different from our norm, such as choosing to go to the gym after work when that's not what we're used to doing, or having a more nutrient-dense breakfast that we're making instead of picking up a pastry at the coffee shop, can send a signal of discomfort which can lead us to talking ourselves out of doing it. And as we are creatures of seeking comfort, our natural instinct will sometimes be to do what's going to bring us comfort in the moment instead, leading us to choose instant gratification over delayed gratification, looking like just chilling on the couch, staying on the couch, scrolling on our phones, calling a friend, seeking out comfort through food. I know so many people, so many of us judge ourselves for doing those things. And we may even call ourselves lazy or maybe just think there's something wrong with us. In reality, there's a good chance your brain's just seeking comfort. And so we can recognize that. And sometimes that may mean, okay, that's great brain, but it's okay to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to go do the thing. That may mean thinking about, okay, are any of my needs not being met? It may mean finding other ways help provide ourselves with comfort. But having that understanding helps us have better awareness, which can help us change what we're doing in those scenarios or approach those situations differently. Not feeling like we want to do the thing could also partially be due to where our brain's focus is at. If our brains are thinking about the reasons that we don't want to do the thing, why we don't feel like doing it, all the work or effort that's involved, how comfortable we are in this moment, there's a really good chance, A, of course, we're not going to feel like doing the thing, and B, there's less of a chance that we're going to actually take action. So we can shift our brains into thinking about why we do want to do the thing. I'm going to be real cliche and say where you put your focus grows, right? Odds are for most things, there's going to be a pros and cons list. Reasons we don't want to do the thing and reasons we do want to do the thing. Disadvantages of doing the thing and advantages of doing the thing. And that's just the reality. But we can choose where we're actually putting our focus and focusing on why we do want to do the thing is going to make it much more likely that we do it. Number three is that it's easier to make decisions outside of your norm 
when you're in a more regulated state. Talking about the nervous system here. As a society, our society as a whole, the way most of us in the westernized civilization, the way most of us in the westernized world, especially America, live is in this go, go, go state. We're kind of pushed into this go, go, go state. Self-imposed as well, but that's also just where our culture is at right now. And that puts us in what's known as a sympathetic or fight or flight state. I'm going to call it, you can think of it as a heightened state, a more stressed state rather than a more restful state. And when we're in that state, it's much easier for our brain to make decisions more out of what's comfortable, what's going to keep us alive, what are we most used to. It's more difficult for our brains to tap into the areas of higher level thinking, more critical thinking. We're more likely to do what we're used to doing, what we have done historically, when we're in a heightened sympathetic state than if we were in a more restful parasympathetic state. So adding some practices that are going to help regulate our nervous system bring us back down into a parasympathetic, more restful state will help us make decisions that are maybe harder to make, that require more control or willpower, choosing to do things differently than we normally do. There are different things we can do to help regulate our nervous system. There's so many. One of the simplest being what's been termed a physiological sigh, two big inhales, one in the belly, one in the chest, and then a nice long exhale. And you can do that more than once. If you notice you're feeling a little more overwhelmed or stressed out or, or your brain's going really fast or you're starting to have a little bit of anxiety, try taking five to 10 physiological sighs to help bring you back into a more parasympathetic state. In general, you can adopt routines around moving slower, breathing deeply, going into meditation or some sort of guided breath work and even things like spending time thinking about where's the clutter in my life? What are all the things that I have on my plate that don't actually need to be there? Like what can I get rid of both in the physical? Like what can I, how can I declutter my home? But also how can I declutter my life? Are there obligations I can get rid of? Have I taken on too much? Finding ways to help life be just a little simpler, a little calmer, can be really helpful. Number four is that you actively have to choose to do things differently. It's so much easier to choose those decisions now for future self, for future us, than when it's in the moment. It is really easy for me to say right now, okay, this week, I'm going to meal prep. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to meditate five days a week. I'm going to stay hydrated. I'm going to hang out with all my friends. I'm going to finish all my work projects. And saying that and having that idea and even planning for it in a broad way is pretty easy. But it's a different story when it comes to actually doing it. And we have to actively choose in the moment to do the thing that we don't normally do to do something different than what we normally do to follow through with those actions. 
if they're not something that's already ingrained in our routine. And this comes down to our internal dialogue. Remember that our natural response is going to tend to be to do what we're used to doing. So we have to be aware of the current situation, aware that we're starting to choose the choice that we normally make and then choose to shift our frame of thinking. I am sure that we are all well aware of how easily we can talk ourselves out of doing something, but we can also talk ourselves into doing things. And that's going to look a little different depending on the context, depending on your personality, but that's something to be aware of and just keep top of mind. The last one I'm going to talk about today is the identity piece. So identity plays a big role in the choices that we make, the things that we do, the ways that we react. So if there is something about yourself or your life that you're looking to change, if there's a goal that you're going after, there's a good chance that you could benefit from changing a view or belief that you have about yourself. So if you really want to be someone who eats healthier, but you view yourself as someone who doesn't eat healthy, that belief, that view of yourself, that identity is just going to help perpetuate you making decisions that align with you being an unhealthy eater. So it's really important to believe that you can change, which by virtue of neuroplasticity, you can, and believe that you can change the way you view yourself. You can take on a different identity. And far before I learned more about evidence-based tools and behavior change, this was something that really helped me. Some of the times where I made big differences in certain things that I did came out of me changing my identity, choosing to tell myself and practice showing up as I am now the type of person who does blank. I am the type of person who cleans my kitchen before I go to bed. I am the type of person who stops eating when they're full, you know, whatever the case may be. But changing your identity can really help make a difference in the decisions that you're making. And as you start to make different decisions, even if it's not all the time, we are not creatures of doing things 100% perfectly or being 100% consistent. But as we're having more awareness of ourselves and noticing the times that we do make the decisions that align with the goals that we have, that we are doing things differently than we have in the past, that helps reinforce that identity. And it just becomes a loop that helps keeping reinforce each other. So that's a huge key piece as well. So take note of those five things to just very quickly recap the five things that I went over or that our brains want to conserve energy. So your brain's naturally going to want to do what it's most used to doing. Our brains prefer comfort, predictability, what's already known. So doing something differently can send a signal of discomfort, can make us feel uncomfortable, and then lean into going and seeking comfort in some kind of way. And I just want to put it out there that these behaviors and actions They do take awareness. They may not be things that you are actually aware of as being discomfort or seeking comfort. There are pros and cons to anything that we do. 
And we can notice when we're focused on the cons or why we don't want to do something. And we can shift our focus into the pros or why we do want to do something. It's much easier to make decisions that are outside of your norm when you're in a regulated state. So finding ways to help regulate your nervous system, help bring you into a calmer state can be really useful. Not just when you're trying to make the decision, but in general as a whole throughout your daily, weekly life. Finding routines that help induce more calm. You have to actively choose to do things differently. We can notice our own internal dialogue and shift it and talk to ourselves. We can coach ourselves. We can parent ourselves. However you want to view it. We can be our own accountability buddy and say, hey, yep, nope, you make a good point, but we're going to do this instead. And there's the identity piece. How can you view yourself differently, take on a new identity that aligns with the changes that you want to make or the goals that you have? So there you have it. Again, I really believe that better understanding our brains can be so helpful with seeing a change in our life, actually achieving the things that we want to achieve, becoming the person that we want to be. It's made a huge impact on me. I've seen it really help clients. So I would love to hear if you had any key takeaways, if any thoughts or examples came up for you. I love hearing from you. So reach out via email or social media and just let me know what your thoughts were. As always, it is super appreciated when you share the episode I believe this is really impactful stuff. So the more people that are exposed to this information, the more people we can help and the more we can all live more intentionally, more on purpose, have more fulfillment and happiness. And so share it with a friend, share it on social media. Again, it's super appreciated. That is all I have for you today. I hope you have a fabulous day and I will see you in the next episode. (laughs) 